changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times. Continue recording this the 17th of December. I am Dino, and you are... Nightways. Oh, man. Oh, goodness gracious. How have you been, man? Uh, we missed you on the last episode. Uh, of course, you had a very good uh, reason for not being here, but we did yeah. miss you. How have you been? Uh, let's skip past that part and go on. Out <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. Um... So, I wanted to ask you, we, we talked about, um, on a relatively recent episode, it was a little bit ago, all the big layoffs and stuff at Bungie. Mm-hmm. So there was more information that came out about that. Did you see this stuff? Uh, I saw it uh, briefly, but I didn't like look into any article about it. So, what ended up coming out was that, according to the deal, when Sony acquired Bungie, according to that agreement, all right. If Bungie didn't hit certain revenue targets, Sony was basically going to be able to come in and clean house and just take over, basically, entirely. Mm-hmm. And this information came out at the same time that there were reports from a like an all hands meeting that they had at Bungie, where somebody had asked, um, Somebody had asked somebody, one of the you know rank and file employees had basically asked, um, okay, so you just laid a bunch of people off. We're worried about our revenue targets, all this other stuff. Are the people in the C-suite going to be taking a, a reduction in their pay, or maybe they don't get bonuses, uh-huh. or like in order to help right. make up for this problem? And uh, the response was, and I believe this is a direct quote: "We're not that type of company." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you compare this to like Nintendo, right? So there's a pretty famous. Uh, That's exact. That is example. the direct comparison. Yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think what was it with the release of the Wii, right? Didn't the Wii underperform? I think that was the at, at, at start. Or, I, don't I thought it was the Wii U. Was. I thought it was the Wii, oh, U. the Wii U. You're right. So it was the Wii U. It underperformed um, from their uh, from Nintendo's target where they wanted it to perform at, and for uh, the president at the time. Um, of Nintendo basically said, I'm going to take a pay cut um, and I'm not going to like have layoffs uh, because like this was an upper management issue ultimately. Yes. Uh, and they did that. And it was like, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> taking responsibility funny, for the issues. I yeah. think they also did have to lay people off and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like nobody took the hit above a certain level. Everybody right. gave up something. Right. As a result of that, even people in the C-suite, even the people in charge. Right. And Bungie's response, uh, we're not that kind of company. This was after they did the, uh, this, this, all of this kind of news happened at the same time as they were selling that $15 ripoff. Um, oh yeah. And then they, and then they pulled it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They pulled it because everybody said, don't buy this. This is stupid. They're taking advantage of people. Like, Yes. Selling them, selling people. I'll tone down, like right oh. after. <laughs> it's all they need. It's, it's because they just need them. It's the same reason they made yeah. Lightfall in the first place. 
This is the thing I've been convinced of for for since we started hearing about all this stuff and all these, you know, all the terms of the Sony buyout and all this other stuff. The only reason that they made Lightfall as an expansion instead of turning it into seasons and trying to tell a functional story and just not doing an expansion. They still could have sold their dungeon keys and all this other stuff, but they they just did it. They instead needed a big yearly expansion for people to buy, especially after Witch Queen was because they have no fucking cash. And they need cash. They need to make up these this lost revenue. Yeah. Since Lightfall, I think that's the only reason they even made Lightfall in the first place was because how did Microsoft describe it? Their burn rates too damn high. And also, you know, it, it's it's interesting because it it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy because the the morale in like the studio must be really low for like the average like developer, the workers uh, at Bungie. Uh, you know, feeling like you know they're on the chopping block type thing, yes. right? There were there were a uh, lot of people interviewed in this piece. I think it was a Schreier piece that came out that sort of revealed all this. And there were a lot of employees being interviewed saying nobody feels safe. Everybody right. feels like they're just on a knife edge. Yeah. And, and like when you compare this like to like Nintendo, like we just did, it's like, you know, at the very least, that has to at least inspire some amount of confidence. Uh, it, it's like, you know, uh, it's like a, having a, a general or, or a king on the battlefield or something like that. It's like, well, if we right. lose, you know, at least. The guy at the top who's ordering us is going to lose too. So it's leading it's from the front. Like solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That idea that, like, look, we underperformed. So um, my bonus is wiped out. The bonus right. I was going to take yeah. this year is gone. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that alone, even though you're already making more money than anyone else there, that alone right. means something to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're willing to put your neck on the line too, to some extent, with them. That, that, yeah, that that for definitely like inspires confidence in like the people like under you. Uh, yes. In in the in the yeah. All the stories we've heard about Bungie is that their leadership sucks. Yeah. <laughs> is that their leadership is terrible? They don't listen to the employees. Yeah. They don't listen to the feedback of the. They they said, and this was in that piece as well, that apparently the management's position at Bungie is that. The fans still love us. We just need to. We just need to get over this hump. <laughs> I don't think they understand that. Like, no, there are no. people who have been making their living out of creating content based upon yeah. this IP who are leaving. Yes, and and like not just that, but a lot of these people. Like, like if you ask the average like person in the Destiny community, especially if like uh, content creators, like you said, who make their living off this stuff, who are they going to sympathize sympathize with more? Uh, the upper management or the developers who they've met in person? Yes, you know things like that. Oh, and it's the like, community yeah. managers and the people who they actually <laughs> right, the talk to at the yeah. company, right? <laughs> and the people who, as soon as they get laid off, will turn around and tell some of these content creators, "Yeah, man, uh, I tried to fucking tell them." <laughs> and they didn't want to listen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's, and that's apparently the way that it's been functioning. I, anytime I watched my dad run a company for a long time mm-hmm. and he didn't make a lot of money anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And, and for the, and by that, I mean, he barely broke $30,000 a year, some years um, mm-hmm. because he paid his people and they got their Christmas bonus. And yeah, when I was a kid, my dad never got a Christmas bonus because he mm-hmm. ran the company. <laughs> right. It was like, it was, it was this idea of just like, we can build it. It will become a thing. 
but it takes time and investment. And if something happens where you can't afford it, it bites you first and then your right. people if it has to. Yeah, it's it's like, as it turns out, you know, if you want to uh, attract people into your company, maybe one of the, the first things you want to do is make sure that they don't feel the workers there don't feel like they're being treated like shit. Yes. Uh, that, that, you know, this might be like one of They're totally the, disposable. The, Even people who are yeah. not fucking disposable, award winning mm-hmm. musicians that you have making music for your game, those people are not disposable. Yeah. And There's I remember some I, I don't, portion I'm, of the population that buys this stuff because of the music. Like, yeah. And also, and, and from my from my understanding, uh, they're banking on Final Shape. That's their their hail mary. Yes. at the moment, uh, and it doesn't really inspire confidence for people to go out and pre order when they hear about all this turmoil in in the studio. Uh, you know, what I mean, it's like right. mm, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, and the pre-orders were down anyway after, after Lightfall pre-orders were that, oh, that missed yeah. revenue target was missed based on pre-orders from Final Shape. Yeah, that yeah. that forty-five percent or whatever that they didn't mm-hmm. end up making that they they were forty-five percent below their revenue target. They failed yeah. to make that because nobody was pre-ordering Lightfall or not like oh, Final Shape because Lightfall was yeah. such a massive disappointment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was waiting for, I'll get it when it comes out. I'll get it when it comes right. out. And there have been a couple of days for some people to make some, some first impressions videos. And I know whether or not it's worth my money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it is just, it's bad leadership, dude. Yeah. It seems like a very like short term thinking, like the, the leadership is like, well, you know, we don't want to uh, lose any money for ourselves. So we'll cut, cut the people under us uh, to make up for it. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, if they don't hit that revenue target and Sony comes in and cleans house entirely, they're gone, too. So, <laughs> oh, yes, you know, and I know, too, I, I know that absolutely nobody who makes that game, not manages, makes nobody who makes right. that game wanted to sell that $15 pile of shit. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. To supposedly new players. That was a huge right. ripoff. What was it? It was like three shaders and an exotic and an exotic ornament. Yeah. It was uh, trash exotics. Yes. Like, just like an exotic you will never use in any high-end content ever. <laughs> no, and I think you could actually get the exotic I think, they well, were there selling. Sleeper. I, think, I think Sleeper is maybe the only exception, Sleeper Simulant, but the, besides for that. But, you know, the, that can be outclassed by legendaries. Purpose, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, especially you know, if you do your build good. right. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. We're in an ability meta anyway. So you're, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, what exotic weapon you're carrying is only good for like damage checks on bosses. It's not even, yeah. it's not even about if you're, when you're in ad clear, when you're doing your regular content with the exception of maybe grandmasters, but no new player is trying to get sleeper simulant for grandmasters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's what they were trying I to mean, sell the, that to as new players. Yeah. Yeah. And when the onboarding, you know, um, process is so bad for destiny 2 anyway for new players um it's like new players aren't going to know what they're doing it's like and you're who just trying are to you're, these? You're, yes. you're, you're, yeah and who are these mythical new players right anybody yeah. who was new came in for lightfall after how good witch queen was and when they shit I, the bed with lightfall they left yeah right yeah and, and also you know i've i've um gotten some friends to play destiny 2 in the past and I'll, I'll tell you, I legitimately feel guilty 
uh, about it uh, oh, a yeah. little bit uh, because um, it is that game is not kind to new players. I've talked about this before. There's so many uh, expansions, DLCs that uh, on their own are not worth the money, but have one really good thing or one like like raid access that's really good or something yep. like that. That kind of makes it kind of necessary if you want to, you know, get all that you can out of it. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just like I would not recommend Destiny 2 to a new player right now. No. <laughs> at all. No, like, well, no. especially with the I'm fact gonna... that, I mean, we were looking the other day, we were looking at like the DLCs list and stuff, and it's like there's it makes no fucking sense. I think I think Destiny Two, all the like the three most recent expansions uh, were, except for maybe except for Lightfall. I don't remember if it was it was Lightfall, Beyond Light, and Shadowkeep. I think were free on the Epic Games Store a day or two ago. All of them, um, but even then, uh, I mean, you know, obviously free is free. So you know, if you pick that up, great. But it's yeah. like, it's still like the the new player experience is not great even if you have access to all the content right it's just it, you don't know what to do as a new player yeah not only, not only do you not know what to do but you don't actually know what you even have access to like how many times have right. has there been somebody who got like the cheaper version for example of an expansion and then the dungeon comes out and it's like all right everybody let's go play the dungeon and somebody doesn't have a dungeon key because it's yeah. like, well, I bought the expansion. It's like, oh, yeah, but the dungeon key is its own $15 transaction that you have to... It's... Yep. Ugh. Yeah. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but then they... Just like that. Nobody who makes the game wanted to sell that $15 pile of crap. That yep. was a decision made by management. <laughs> and it's bad. It was a bad decision made by bad managers. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Bungie is burning down, honestly. Yeah. It really feels that way, and and they they did announce that there's a that they announced the official, um, the official uh release date for new release date for Final Shape. It it was they announced the official delay a while back, mm-hmm. after everyone already knew about it for like a week and a half because it was in, a, I think a different Schreier piece. Yeah, but yeah. It was a, it was, it, it's, it's a disaster. That, that company, yeah. the, 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 their, their management is just bad. It's just bad. It's bad management. I haven't seen a single, like, prominent, like, you know, uh, I guess content creator that, is, that are usually, like, very pro Bungie, usually very, like, you know, pro Destiny 2. All of them have been, like, really down on the game, uh, the past, I don't know, month or two. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's always, that, that, they're always usually the canaries in the coal mine type thing, right? Uh, so, um. And they're your hardcore players. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, those are the people who invested, like, a lot. And also, you know, they make their living off of that, too. Uh, so yes. It's like, you know, yeah. It's it is it's ridiculous how poorly managed that company is and and has yeah. been for a long yeah. time. Like we've been hearing complaints about Bungie management forever. It's just never blown yeah. up until now. Right. It it really makes you wonder how much uh, how much of the problems came from Activision when they were still under Activision, and how much ha- have always come from their internal uh, like leadership. Right. It's interesting. I'm not saying I'm not trying to give Activision an out because they're like one of the scummiest companies uh, <laughs> on earth. But um, I wonder how much of it's it like a we learned it from watching you type of thing from when they were at Activision. Right. right yeah. Like it could be some of that. I, I know this whole thing yeah. seems to have put Sony off of this whole live service push they were going to do. 
because Naughty Dog yeah, they canceled their live service game. Uh, yeah, multiplayer. Yeah, which they've been teasing for like two years. And Bungie came in and said, "Nope, this isn't good enough. Uh, you need to restructure." And then they're like, "Uh, uh okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. live service master. Thank you." Uh, and then they just canned it. They were approaching Jeez. their tenth year of development on that project. Yeah, dude. How do you? How do you have? How do you sink? Look, I guess I guess they are just really good at not falling prey to the sunk cost fallacy, where it's just like, yeah, we've yeah. been working on it for ten years. We don't think it's going to work. The people that Sony brought in to teach us how to make it work obviously can't make it work. Look at their own game uh-huh. right now. So uh-huh. we're just not going to sink anything else into this and keep making good single player games like we've been doing for twenty years. <laughs> like, right? I, I, yeah, I don't understand why why Sony was trying to like like look. If you want to build, make like break into a live service type thing, get live service like studios. Why are you trying to make your single player studios that make insane amounts of money and oh, produce yeah. like very high quality single player games? Why are you trying to get them into a live service? Now, look, the first Last of Us had multiplayer factions. Uh, it was very, very popular, but it was just a little thing. It, it was a little multiplayer mode that was really loved by the community. It's kind of like the um, old, uh, the old Assassin's Creed, like the in the Ezio uh-huh. trilogy, the multiplayer that came with Brotherhood and with uh, Revelations. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a little additional thing. It's nice to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, that's the thing, right? Is that if you're going to make a live service game, live service games like are I, I think much harder to get new players into because new players already have at least one or two live service games they're already playing and that requires a lot of time and commitment to like keep up with those games um you know yeah uh, well especially with, uh, the, not with the increased popularity not, of the mmo yeah right exactly you know for you know it's, well destiny is kind of like the worst offender because it costs a lot of money to keep up with it and time whereas yes. a lot of life service games it's mostly just time because you know the money is optional or maybe it's a small buy-in like a ten dollar season pass for three months or something like that and then the rest is just time commitment yep um or it's uh, a korean mmo oh right yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. right or it's something like Genshin uh, or Honkai Star Rail that's like a collectathon uh, gotcha game. Or it's, right. well, not collectathon, but, it, you know, collect them all. You just go for spins. Yeah. Just trying to, everything you do in that game is based on trying to get currency for spins. Um, right. That kind of thing where it's like, yeah, those are huge time sucks. Huge time sucks. On top of the fact that you have games like Marvel Snapped and uh-huh. Marvel Puzzle Quest. And games like that that have their own dailies and weeklies and stuff that people are dedicating 15 to 30 minutes of their time a day to anyway. You know, the more I play other free, actual free live service games, the more I think Bungie should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) I've thought this for a while. (laughs) Because, like, like, okay, for example, um, Fortnite right now has... They just launched a racing mode, a dedicated racing mode that will receive constant updates. Um, yep. They released a that's Lego based on Epic's, Epic's purchase of Psionics, who made uh, yes, who made Psionics, Rocket League, Rocket which is really, yeah. really, really fun. They they understand car physics. They know how the shit works. Yes. Yeah, so they made a racing mode in the game. It's a permanent mode. Um, it will receive updates, free updates. 
um it um they released a lego mode which is like a, a survival kind of like minecraft-esque mode very it's very popular in fact it's more popular than battle royale at the moment uh, first the day man first uh, day that mode was out yeah. somebody made 9-11 happen in the game <laughs> yes yes they did uh so and that mode's also going to receive uh more updates it's uh its first update will probably have more content in it than minecraft has updated in years uh, oh yeah um and then they made a festival mode, like a rhythm-based mode. Like ro- the, they purchased harmonics, which made rock band and guitar the early guitar heroes. Um, um, and all that's free. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, you don't have to buy you any don't have of that shit. You don't have to buy any of it. It's all it's, you can just download the game and play it. And there's also you know the the custom like creative uh, player made community maps that people oh, make yeah. all types of stuff like that if you want. And of course the Battle Royale. It's like all that for free, and if you compare that to what Bungie, what Bungie gives you for free in Destiny 2, it's a joke. It's, oh, it's yeah. genuinely a joke. Well, the Battle Royale, the, the, the zero build mode, very popular, yeah. it feels, it plays as well as, like, if you were to go back and play a third-person shooter built in Unreal Engine, yeah. like, I don't know, Gears of War 3? Like, it plays yes. as well yeah. as that. It feels good. Yeah. And it's still getting updates. Like all these modes are going to be getting updates, like uh, you know, indefinitely. So it's <laughs> right. And they all have their own dev studios working on these modes independently. And it's like, yeah, that's how you run a live service game <laughs> six years later. And right? the like, other thing about it too is, like, unlike Diablo Four or unlike, uh-huh. uh, well, unlike Destiny, you buy the battle pass one time and you get enough currency in the battle pass to buy it again. Yeah. 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 As long as you don't spend that currency in the shop and you're already getting skins from the battle pass. So it's yes. not like you're always right. going to have the same default skin or whatever. If you get the battle pass, you're getting the skins in the battle pass. Yeah. Or if you're just subscribed to the crew pack, which is a uh, $12 a month, uh, it gives you one free skin a month and it gives you variants for other skins every month you're subscribed to. So you're getting a bunch of different skins like that. You get a uh, 1100 V bucks, which is like $11. So you could use that for the and you get the battle pass for free. Uh, with that the battle pass on top well. of it so so what what we yeah. what we've been talking about with destiny yes. and with other mmos forever the idea that just turn it into a subscription it's fine it's yes, fine it, just do that yeah yeah if you're the type of person where you play a game a lot subscription models are almost always the way to go because it's the best bang for your buck almost always if they're like laid out well uh and the fact that Bungie has never tried this or tried to do it is just like, like it's honestly, honestly, like I, when I look at Bungie, the way they try to make money with their expansions and all their different DLCs, you know, and their microtransactions on top of like the battle pass, which you can't, which the battle pass is increased now, or the season pass is increased now, so you can't even like get enough in the season, uh, enough uh, like silver. You know, if you buy a ten, what is it, ten dollars worth of silver, that will not pay anymore for the season pass. Now. Oh no, they had to bring uh, it up to her. It was in between two silver transactions, so you bought right. more, had silver left over right yeah so yeah it's so, ridiculous man. dude uh, yeah just looking at what other game other free games are doing and it's like and you look at bungie it's like man this is such a mismanaged uh game it's really tragic i just dude i just started playing a little bit of the finals recently mm-hmm. okay that's a that game is it's it's an interesting game that was the game that caused mm-hmm. the kerfuffle because they use the ai voices for the announcers voices. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels sweaty. It feels like a very competitive game. It's, it's, yeah. 
it doesn't have to be like it has quick play and all those stuff. Not everything's ranked, mm-hmm. but it it feels sweaty to play because it's such yeah. a frenetic game. Right. Um. But the way that they've laid that game out, it's dude, it's it's a free game, and yeah, all the stuff in it is cosmetic. You get you get <laughs> the currency to unlock weapons and stuff through gameplay. Yeah, that's how you get that, and then. Yep. All the cosmetic stuff is is you buy currency mm-hmm. or you buy it in packs or or you buy the battle pass or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same monetization as Fortnite, and and the yeah. the it's it's a fun game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I truly don't know why Bungie never went with the subscription model or something like that. If they really wanted, like, if they wanted that extra thing, like an optional subscription model, right? Like, you can have at base, you can have the free demo, which is kind of what it is, free demo um, of the game. And then, you know, you can purchase the expansions individually if you want, or you can have a subscription model. Uh, Because, like, I remember a long time ago, people were really down on subscriptions after MMOs. There was, like, a turn in where, a turning point for a lot of people where subscription models where they were just like ah that's old no, you know no one wants to pay a subscription to play a video it was also anymore. at the height of like people were paying for netflix people were paying for hulu right. people were paying yes, for that's right like it was at the height of kind of subscription fatigue mm-hmm. and it seems like that's yeah. fallen off in the sense that not i like not everybody even really has netflix anymore not everybody really right. even has Hulu anymore. Nobody's paying for yeah, Disney turned, Plus. Like it's so yeah, it, you don't need it. Right. Nobody feels like they need that shit anymore. Right, exactly. But like if you're a person where you like you really enjoy a game and you play it regularly, uh the subscription model is almost always going to be better. That's kind of like the whole point of a subscription model is to reward people who invest time into the game yes. uh, for a, a, a relatively cheap cost. Because there, you know, the, the idea is that I'm going to give you this amount every month, and I'm going to make this month much more worth it than what I gave you in money. <laughs> so right. you know, that's sort of the the deal. Uh, um, and you know, that makes sense for games you were really invested in, and Destiny players are really invested in the game, or they were. Uh, yeah, but you know, all this, like, you know, there's a, there's a point at, and we've talked about this before and I don't want to make this whole episode like a, a bungee thing, but we've talked about this before where at a certain point, the microtransactions feel like they're just throwing it in your face. You know, you know, when this really started, you know, when you'd log on to destiny and there'd be ads, like you'd have to click through like 10 or 12 different the ads to ad play the game. What, the fucking Eververse like store. Like a mobile game. And what's in the, yeah, like yeah. a mobile game. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, and there's still a little bit of that. They'll sneak them in every now and then in the updates, like when you log in out on a new after reset, and it says like yeah. it's time for the trials of Osiris, and also it's this other thing. There's glory for the taking and Gambit, and also check out the Eververse store. And it's like, um, okay, all right, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind there being the updates after reset for like what's in rotation right now and stuff, but they like slip in ads. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yep. Anyway, that game, uh, my my desire to even play that game is pretty much dead. Like Me the new too. season came out, I own the new season. I haven't played a second yep. of it yet. Same, same. <laughs> so it's like, ugh. Honestly, Fortnite's yeah. more fun. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> is the amount like, of content I have in Fortnite. Yeah, the amount of content I have in Fortnite is just like way more than oh, destiny yeah. even with all the expansions exactly it's really yeah it's terrible um okay so there was also 
This happened. So, a failed politician knocked over a statue. Mm. Did you see this? I I did see this, yes. Um, this guy, there was a statue uh, that was put up, I believe it was put up by the TOS. Uh, the Temple the Temple of Set, was it? Or I can't remember which organization. There's like a million Satanist organizations, and they all hate each other for some reason yeah. or another. <laughs> but they put up in the Iowa capital, they put up this statue of Satan. Uh, because it's Christmas time, and and they put up nativity scenes and shit yeah. at the capitals, and so right. constitutionally, other religions have to be allowed to put their shit up too, and and that mm-hmm. includes this satanic thing. Okay, edgy I, Reddit atheism. Yeah, I I do want to point out, I don't understand why conservatives have to bite at this every single time I it happens, just... as if they think like, uh, oh, I was right all along. Satanism is intruding. It's like, dude, these are edgy atheists who just want to make you mad. That's what they're doing. And yeah. you fall for it every single time. When you get mad about like... it, they won. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. So this guy is uh, he went and he knocked this thing over. Right. And people were praising him as if he was some great warrior. Um, oh, yeah. And it's like, dude, you knocked he knocked over a, a statue. Yeah, congrats. I mean, great work, I guess. Uh, there's yeah. uh, there's nothing to this, but he knocks this thing over, so he catches a uh, he catches a criminal mischief charge. Mm-hmm. Because of course he did. Yeah. Um, he got a criminal. He caught a criminal mischief charge and immediately started grifting money for legal fees and stuff off of people on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, like, I don't understand how people can't see the grift. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can, but it's like, you know, come on, dude. You know what you're doing. Uh, You know, like, this is some, like, money-making thing for you to, like, show off and show how virtuous you are because you knocked over a statue put up by uh, edgy atheists to make you upset. Congrats. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, because you took the bait, dummy. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so there was that. And then I've also seen the conservatives are having a banner week because that occurred. Oh. And then there was also a sex tape release. <laughs> a gay sex tape in one of the Senate hearing chambers. Uh, so I heard about this. Um, I am, I'm saying this completely genuinely. I'm not saying this to be edgy. This is the least offensive thing that has ever happened in that building. No, you're 100% correct. <laughs> that is that is absolutely right. Everyone's super pissed about it, but it's like um I mean, what do you think they do in there all day? Yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> better him than us. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It, it was. It's one of the funnier things because people were trying to. People were talking about like, um, it, like Lauren Boebert came back up in the conversation because her boyfriend was feeling her tits at a show. Um, yeah. and it was like, and and the the, it, the the way that people are just bending over backward to try and be so offended. Look, it's. I'm not saying it's not gross <laughs> to fuck on the tables in your place of work. It is. <laughs> it is gross. These were like, uh, I believe one of the people involved had access to this area because they were like a clerk for a senator or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have a job there. So they're having sex at work is what they're doing. 
People have done yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I don't care. I don't care about the sanitation of the Capitol <laughs> of the Senate chamber. So no, you know, it's fair. like a win-win for me. <laughs> you know, I was just saying, like people have people have fucked at work. Yeah. Most people don't film it, but people have done that. So first of all, that's not particularly weird. It's a little weird that I had to see it on the timeline. <laughs> Were the conservatives sharing it all over the place? Oh, oh god. my god, can you believe this? Yes, yes. And I think there's no small of number of people who are sitting there uh, with, you know, the, the meme that's the comic of the guy sitting there disgusted looking at the computer and then turning and he's got a boner. Um, I'm sure there's uh, no <laughs> small number of that happening as well. Right. But it just, uh, look, is it gross? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's gross to fuck on the tables at your place of work. Is it like... Meaningful? No. No, it doesn't mean shit. Like you said, very accurately. Do you know what happens in there? Like, do you know what people do in there? (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, you're right. It's the least offensive thing to happen in that room. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I did think I did think that was funny. It's been like I said, it's been a banner week for the conservatives. They've been having a wonderful oh. time with all this stuff. Yeah. That's just... Oh god. Yeah, I, I'm just I I have no patience for like faux outrage, uh really. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's just like and look, uh I it I just can't take people seriously who care about this and do not care at all about the fact that the dollar is collapsing. Yes! The fact that the people in that building are uh, destroying not just your future, your children's future. Uh, they had those people in that building routinely uh, sign uh, documents that will end the lives of innocent people or throw them in a cage. They for, just uh, signed another NDAA! Oh, right. Another National Defense Authorization Act. That's where all the shit is, by the way. All the shit that they don't, that they know that you would kill them for doing, all that's in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where they put it, is in the NDAA. And they just signed a fucking another one. And people are upset that there were a couple of gay dudes butt-fucking in the Senate chamber. And I'm sitting here like, they just signed another NDAA! Yeah, right. (laughs) They just did that in that that building. I mean, look. What, hey, what are what are all the like the trad Greek stat profile picture people doing? Because this must be like you know this is their return to tradition, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, this is, <laughs> like they should be through the moon happy. That's exactly right. right? This is exactly what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do not I'm, I'm to your that is a that is a perfect point yeah let's get the, the the policies and the decisions made in that building aren't destroying your future destroying your children's future destroying the currency destroying your privacy destroying destroying the the foundation the foundation of the liberal American experiment whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that's not what's happening there what's happening there is gay sex okay well fucking I guess whatever makes you the most mad I guess Christ. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that's not where they're proposing bills to make all semi-automatic firearms illegal. Yeah. We didn't... uh, Did we talk about that? The gas-operated bill? Because that was a couple of weeks ago. Did we talk about that? They were trying to ban... 
the sale and transfer of gas-operated, quote-unquote, gas-operated firearms, because they've learned a new buzzword, but they define gas-operated firearms such that any semi-automatic firearm would qualify. <laughs> because all semi-automatic firearms use the expansion of gas in order to cycle the action. And that's what they were trying to ban. Yeah, it was fucking insane. And so they were like, like that's, but that's not happening there. Apparently, that right. doesn't matter. What ha- what matters when it happens? There's gay sex. Okay, fucking fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, jeez. Just no, no, no. Uh, there's no no perspective at all. Priorities yeah. just don't exist. Just conservatives right now are just lamenting. I remember when I used to be able to respect the dignity of that office. <laughs> 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 but now this is a line too far. <laughs> In that vein, actually, uh, being a banner week for conservatives, Alex Jones is back on Twitter. Oh, has he posted anything? Yes, yes. Oh, the account's okay. been active. He, he, he has returned. I am, I'm uh, personally, I'm happy about that. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Let me pull up. Uh, yeah. For for people who you know just just uh, you know an aside, but for people who've never seen the Alex Jones video of Alex Jones rants as an indie folk song, uh, look that oh, video up. It's, it's so it's fantastic. Good. It's, it's so it's one of the best videos on the internet. It, it's great. It's incredible. Yeah. And she smells like sofa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's back. Uh, one of the first things actually that happened there was that Tucker had interviewed Alex Jones. They did a long interview mm. uh, on on Twitter that Tucker had uploaded, and I thought it was kind of. I thought it was they, they did. I didn't watch the whole interview, but they did like the intro to it was up. It was kind of funny. Um, but you sent something that also is related to Tucker. Apparently, oh, yeah. apparently, this is a man who has opinions. Yep. Apparently this is, yeah, this is a man who has opinions about, um, economics. He did a show with Glenn Greenwald. Um, this was on, on Glenn's show. And, uh, well, I can just play it here. This is, uh, yeah, it's a relatively long clip. So I'll just pay, I'll play it until he says the thing. (laughs) But it also kind of transformed economic policy. He frequently kind of denounced, the classic sort of Reaganomics, this idea that, oh, we should all cheer for the richest people in our society to get richer because a rising tide lifts all boats. And everybody watches Raytheon and Boeing and BlackRock and Amazon get richer and richer and richer, and their boats aren't rising. And it really led a lot of people who have been capitalists their whole lives to at least start questioning, not capitalism as a theory, but capitalism, how it, how it manifests in American society. What is your view about sort of where the populist right is, the Trump movement is, when it comes to these core questions of economic theory and economic populism? I think a lot of people have awakened to the now demonstrable fact that libertarian economics was a scam perpetrated by the beneficiaries of the economic system (laughs) that they were defending. So they created this whole intellectual framework to justify the private equity culture that's hollowed out the country. That's okay. 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 
are these libertarian economics in the room with us right <laughs> Yeah, where do we start? Where do we start? Do we start at the Fed's control yeah. of interest rates? Do we start at bailing out the banks? Do we start at, where do we fucking right. start with this libertarian economics? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, when did this happen? Because I fucking missed it. Even if you give him the benefit of the doubt that he's talking about, like, the Koch brother types or the Cato types, still, that's still incorrect. Yeah. Like, it's like even giving him the benefit of the doubt, he's still wrong. <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, just uh, there's something even more egregious he says later on, but, uh, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, he's just he's just incorrect. He's just incorrect here. The, um, uh, the, you know, there is the fact that you know we're not a completely socialist country. We the fact that we you know we're the fact that there is still some you know free commerce here and there that's regulated, but still isn't completely controlled. You know, uh, uh, yeah, that is like the best parts of the economy. The, those yeah. are not the parts that are like, oh, they've ruined our nation. But actually, you. you when we when you hear the rest of the clip, you'll people will soon start to get the idea about why he thinks this actually, which is quite uh, illuminating. So, oh, I'm sure it is. But to, I want to say to your point, though, the yeah. portions where people are doing their best, the portions where people are actually doing as well as they possibly can is people who are working in cash transactions, cutting the government out mm-hmm. of their commerce entirely. Working, you know, working for cash. Working for the like, like the, the the closer you get to cutting the bureaucracy out of your economic transactions, the better you're doing in the current yeah. economy. And it, as it turns out, uh, you know, I don't think I don't know if Tucker knows this, but, it, you know, what all these big corporations want is actually monopolized welfare. They want to be a monopoly. They want state privilege. Yes. Uh, and this is what they want. The last thing any big corporation that's been propped up by the captive market created by the state, the last thing that corporation wants is to have to compete on a free market. It, they don't want that to happen. Well, it's, this is why really, like OpenAI was no. was talking to uh, people from OpenAI were were petitioning Congress to set out regulations for AI development. It's because they're right. already in the lead. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, it's crazy. It's almost like throwing spike traps behind you when you're in the lead of the race. Huh, that's really beneficial to you, isn't it? Yes. Crazy. Wild. It's insane. Why Come would on. why would anybody want more regulation in their own <laughs> industry? Because they run the industry. Yeah. Ugh, anyway. I, yeah, I, I'm so sick of, of, of people who the, the most they think about is they think corporation make money. And then they're like, oh, well, obviously it's the free market. That's yes. the problem. Here. Exactly. Corporations, is- they don't like to make money. That is that's where they be, like where they seem to stop at. Yes, you're exactly right. And that's going to come up again, actually, in another conversation mm-hmm. that, that we're yeah. going to have here in a little bit. But um, uh, here, I can continue with the clip here. Yeah, my personal view, and I've seen it up close my whole life, so I think it's a fair assessment. Um, I think a smarter way to assess an economic system is by its results. So you can assign whatever name you want to the economic system of the United States. You could call it market capitalism. You could call it, I mean, you could call it a whole host of different things. But I, I don't think any of that's useful. Those are boring conversations. I think you need to ask, does this economic system produce a lot of dollar stores? And if it does, 
it's not a system that you want because it degrades people and it makes their lives worse and it increases exponentially the amount of ugliness in your society. And anything that increases ugliness is evil. Stop. I, I, I am going. I. I think I'm most offended by this part of the clip, actually. Uh, like, like what you know, him calling it libertarian economics or whatever. Yeah, he's just wrong. Uh, this is just uh, psychosis. Uh, I, I, truly... Wait a minute. The argument? Uh, hold on. Do you know why everyone, everyone, people who are fans of markets have said forever that Walmart, I mean, it's, uh, removing yeah. the benefits that they get from the government, right? The fact yeah. that the government will right. steal people's land so that Walmart can build a, a store yeah. somewhere. Removing all of that, okay? Yeah. The reason that people who are, fran- who are fans of markets have said that Walmart is good is because it directly... Walmart as an organization has been responsible for an increased quality of life for millions of people. Dollar stores are bad is certainly a take. Making <laughs> goods cheaper is worser. Yes. Uh, and he, he brings up ugliness. I don't know what he means. I, I, might, I might get into that in a second. But uh, uh, ignoring that for a second, the, the fact that uh, there are, and I don't mean, I don't think we're stating this. There are people who are alive right now because of dollar stores. There are people oh, yes. who were born because their parents believed that because of, you know, that they could afford means to support their kid, even in an impoverished state, that they had a kid because of those dollar stores, because they felt that, you know, we're not well off, but we can make it. Well, the underlying principle that he's saying is that, right, I agree with you. The underlying principle that he's saying is that cheap is bad. Yes, yes, yeah, and (laughs) because because he's arguing basically that cheap is cheap is bad because cheap is ugly. Now, here's the thing. I think I think there might be and I know you wanted to speak about this here in a minute, but my theory is he's saying that it increases ugliness because it allows poor people to go out in public to shop. I don't. Okay, yeah. I don't know if that's what he, I, that might be true. I don't know if that's what he's saying, or it, which he. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you very well might be right. Or he's saying he just doesn't like the aesthetic of the dollar store. Yeah. I, but I think I think both of these things are probably correct. Well, yeah, do- Dollar General's true. aesthetics are shit. I'm not going to disagree right. with him on that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the whole thing is right. This reminds. What does this remind you of, Dean? To me, this reminds me of those socialists who are always posting the picture of that uh, truck stop, uh, yes. you know, and lo- t- you know, yes. they're, they're like, oh, my God, yes. look how ugly this is, all this convenience, all these, the McDonald's and the gas stations on the road. I, was it like, it's that one, that one, yeah, like, that or, one little town that's on, that's right off the interstate. And it, yeah, it's, yeah. And also, it, it's the most like uh, dishonest photograph you could. One of the most surrounded by farmland. You, it's surrounded, it's surrounded by, by greenery. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's just zoomed in. It's framed in such a specific way to make it look ugly. But look, even if even if I uh, look, you can have aesthetic preferences. We, I think everyone has aesthetic preferences of what they like or dislike. You know, some people might have aesthetic preferences that are just like more towards the middle in the sense that. They, they don't really care too much, you know. They're sure. very utilitarian-minded. Uh, and, you know, that's fine. 
And also, if you really care about a certain aesthetic, like maybe you like, you know, Art Deco or Gothic or, you you know, any type of these type of, uh, you know, aesthetics and that's what you want for your society, you can have those beliefs. But the moment you're like, I would rather have that than have people live right now because they can now live because they can afford uh, things at a lower means or at a, you know, a lower station in life. It's like, uh, I no longer care what you think. I, I think you're evil now, actually. <laughs> I think it's like, sort of the, it's almost a, the problem is that it's a, it's, it's almost an expression of a type of social Darwinism, but it yes. ignores that the market operates on the same principle. So the idea that right. it's, it's an expression of a kind of social Darwinism, because I think the only way that he can be correct is if, um, and I mean correct even from his perspective is if the existence of cheap goods and services allows people at a lower means, like you said, to afford those goods and services, thereby disincentivizing uh, the, the grind set, right? The idea that you need, need, need to be making more, you're going to die tomorrow. Well, like, right. And, and I can see that a- from his perspective. And, and if his social yes. Darwinist perspective is like, so those people should be in a position where they have to grind it out harder, right? Like if that is your position, it makes a certain amount of sense, except that the market operates with the opposite direction. Yes. Right. It's funny, you know, as you said, you could some, in some senses, you could say the market is uh, an aspect of social Darwinism, but the funny part is that capitalism did so well that it kind of defeated social Darwinism in a sense. Uh, Well, well, the Darwinism of the market runs in the opposite direction. The idea that your firm is going to survive if you can provide the the greatest value at the lowest cost to the greatest number of people. Right. Yes. And look, do you remember um, a, a while back when we were talking about how, like, there's some conservatives who like the free market for the completely wrong reason or that they like, you know, uh, free trade or something for the completely wrong reason to them? They see it as almost a, um, you know, a crucible of meritocracy. They see it as, well, this is how you prove your worth. You work hard and then you reward it uh, with, you know, in the market stuff. Yeah. In the market. Yes. Um and, you know, that's not completely wrong, but it's it's also uh, the trajectory of capitalism is, in some sense, the end state of socialism. And what I mean by that is like, you know how the socialists always say, well, we want a world where people just really don't have to work anymore. This kind of post-scarcity you know, sort of dream. Yes, yes. And I don't believe in post-scarcity, but I do think that the trajectory of capitalism is toward post-scarcity. It's as close as you can get to post-scarcity while still following the laws of physics. Yes, exactly. Yes, correct. So, you know, you see this, you know, uh, humdrum about like AI and stuff like that, how AI is going to take jobs. It's all this. It's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. This has been the goal from the start. The, The entire, like, kind of, you know, maybe unspoken ethos of capitalism is that we are going to make our work more productive so that our, our labor more productive so that we can produce more. The more we produce, the more leisure we have. And we're going to do this at an exponential rate, uh, given the increase in capital technology. Uh, and because of this, we're obviously going to be working less over time. Right. The idea is that, well, we're going to invest now so that we don't have, you know, it's the same thing. You invest now so you don't have to work later. It's like that. But on a generational uh, view, right. uh, it's like, yeah, people, the, the goal, the goal is that 
those AI do take our jobs, actually. The goal is that these things do happen. Uh, you know, I don't whether how soon that happens. I'm not predicting, but the goal is that, yeah, there's going to be more cheap stuff and people really don't have to work hard to get it. Eventually, your labor multiplication decreases the demand for labor to that point where it's like you you pretty much have a, a, a social situation. And here's the thing, because the market operates on its own on those darwinist rules that your firm survives if you can provide the greatest value to the greatest number of people at the lowest cost right that's how your firm that's how your firm survives all of that coincides with what you're saying this idea that the reduction of the need for labor ultimately causes those prices to differentiate to to diverge such that the number of people being served by the market doesn't reduce Right. Yes. Yes. The price approaches zero as much as like possible at that given time. Uh, that is like what the free market does in general. Um, and the more unrestrained it is, the more closer to zero it will be. Um, um, and yeah, yeah, you do want those AI, you know, you don't like like in, in I don't know, two, three hundred years, a lot of jobs are going to be gone, like obsolete in, in that sense, gone in sure. that sense. Right. Um, there'll be new jobs, obviously, because, you know, that that happens. Uh, but 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 the point is, uh, the AI, you know, AI and all these things uh, are going to make it so that uh, the labor, uh, you know, maybe your labor is just not necessary in this area anymore. And now the the AI can produce the type of labor that you were pro- you or your, you know, your past generations were producing, you know, 50, 100 years ago. Uh, and they're going to be able to produce these products for cheaper. Right. Yes. And yeah, that's the thing is the lower the lower cost yeah. is what's important there because the yes. the low cost and yes, to a certain extent, the fact that there are fewer jobs in the market means that mm-hmm. there yeah. is downward pressure on prices that can be yeah. met by that reduced cost of whether it's transportation yes. or production or whatever it may be that goes into those goods. You Yeah, you cannot look at how many jobs there are is the sole basis on how healthy the economy is. If we got rid of all of our technology tomorrow, everyone would have a job. Everyone would have two jobs. Everyone would have three jobs and starve to death. Exactly. (laughs) The number of jobs is not the sole basis of how healthy the economy is. Uh, but yeah, this whole uh, the people seem to not just understand. And I think I see this a lot from conservatives. And of course, the left doesn't either. They especially don't get it. But conservatives also have this very strange view of capitalism as if it's this like uh, as if the, the like why capitalism is good is because it's this meritocracy where you get to show like how uh, efficient you are, which it's not it's not entirely wrong, but they're missing point kind of of it. Right. Well, it's the uh, underlying it's, value system that leads to Tucker's conclusion. It's not because yes. it's not because providing the greatest value to the greatest number of people at the cheapest cost is an inherently good thing to do for a society, which it obviously mm-hmm. is. But the, mm-hmm. the, the argument he's making is that it's not. And the reason he's saying that it's not is because from his perspective, those people who don't make it in the market, quote unquote, mm-hmm. his preferred market where things are expensive, mm-hmm. um, is they, they should be forced to either make it or starve. The underlying right. value system leads to his conclusion, not the free market conclusion. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's very strange. And and I I genuinely do think that a lot of conservatives think that, uh, you know, um, having things cheaper 
is making people lazier. And even if that's true, they think that is an inherently bad thing. Not understanding that the whole purpose of capital is to make it so that you're late. You do not have to labor as hard amount you would otherwise have to produce to in order to produce that product yes right that is the purpose of capital right it's like take a shovel uh and, and dig uh, dig a hole now imagine how much labor you'd have to spend to dig that same hole without the shovel with your hands or something you know uh so the whole purpose of capital is to reduce the amount of labor you have to do um and to you know be more efficient as well it's, it's uh, both in tandem um you know these these two things together it's like yeah no the goal is that we are approaching a time when we do have to work less and things will be cheaper and that's good <laughs> yes and i'm not sure where he's getting his presumption that um the uh, a a an abundance of cheap goods makes people's lives worse i'm not sure how he's where he's making that leap and i'm uh, not saying <laughs> that cheap goods are good goods i'm not necessarily making that argument I'm I'm not saying yeah. that 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 going and buying a $10 pair of shoes is going to last as long as a right. $100 pair of shoes. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not but, saying those are know, the same all thing. Else but, being equal, uh, the $10 shoe is better than the $20 shoe all else being equal, right? right. Like if those are the, if they're the same in quality, right? Right. And you also uh, have um, the argument about I mean, here's the problem about 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 capital when you about money at the lower levels, right? The people mm-hmm. who are buying a $10 shoe would just as soon buy a $100 shoe that would last longer because they're going to have to go buy $10 shoes in three months. Yeah. The $100 shoe will pay for itself in $10 mm-hmm. shoes, right? Yeah. The problem is they don't have the capital right now. Right. They yeah. don't have the money right now to drop on, on the $100 shoe. They have to get the $10 yeah. shoe because their shoes just fell apart and they need shoes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's this, this, it's not to say that, that being in a position where a lot of your population is buying cheap shit means that you're in a good state. That's not necessarily what it is, but they have the ability to go buy that cheap shit because shoes aren't a hundred dollars. Yeah. They have shoes because it's a $10 shoe. You'd rather have that, the option of having that cheap shit rather than just being completely priced out. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. When he says, you know, it makes society uglier. Wh- what do you mean by that, Tucker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he, I think he uh, laments the fact that cheap shit is available at all. But that's not. Yeah. If if that's your problem, you're not lamenting the fact that cheap shit is available. You should be lamenting the fact that there's a market for cheap shit. And the reason there's a market for cheap shit is because the money's falling apart. <laughs> right. You know, I, I'm just a little, and I'm not saying Tucker is making this argument, but the people, the people who make the type of arguments Tucker's making also make this argument about how like, oh, you know, things used to be so much better when we had to work hard for things. We, we valued them more or, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's not wrong. You know, if you work harder for something, you are going to value it more than if you just give it, if it's just like very easy to acquire of course but when or or they'll tell you that well you know all these cheap goods won't give you a fulfilling life it's like okay uh right i wasn't when i i don't know when i'm going to purchase uh some ice cream i don't exactly think 
going to fulfill my life for the rest of time. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It's is like, I'm not sitting I, here trying to fulfill my life with this 20 yeah. pack of water guns at Dollar General. I'm trying to buy right. a 20 pack of water guns that are going to be thrown away, away tomorrow, but they cost five dollars <laughs> and my kid can have a birthday party. Yes. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know what? Maybe maybe I won't have an uh, uh, fulfill, but I'd rather ha- have an unfulfilling life and have access to that stuff than have an unfulfilling life and not have access to that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like, hmm. It's not, it's just, it just strikes me as very, like, you know, this term gets thrown around a lot, but I think it's correct, very classist. Like, like people who genuinely just, like, do not like the sight of poor people in their society. Because I think they view, I, I, I think the people who are hyper-focused on aesthetics uh, will look at that and they'll say, well, that's a reflection on my society. Look at all these poor people who are yeah. like running around making it, you know, and, and just like, you know, I really think that they, I, I do think you're right that there's a certain, certain po- population that thinks either get them into the middle class or get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely, I think that's absolutely what motivates some of this at the very least. Yeah. Because you're, because the, the, here's the thing it claims it, it, it's, <clears throat> Again, this is why, and and I refer back to this many times, Tucker himself claims to be an elitist. Yes. Tucker himself claims to be an elitist. There's a clip out there. You can find it. Um, he, He does not. He is not a populist. No. And this is sort of a reflection of that where it's just like, yeah, I mean, the the um. See, the upper middle class, they do the right thing. And they spend $30,000 on a Birkin bag that was made in the same factory as the $20 bag in China. Right. But they spend $30,000 on it because it has their May on it. Right. And and that goes, uh, you know, line in line with the whole uh, idea of protectionism, which Tucker also favors, right? This idea that, yeah, you know, prices are going to go up and the lowest, uh, you know, uh, the people of the lowest means in America will be hurt by this. But at least, you know, we're buying American now, you know, and not buying uh, Chinese goods. Yeah, that's exactly right. Even though what you're (laughs) buying doesn't need to be. Americans, uh, high quality American steel. Like, you know, you can just right. fucking pig iron exactly. from China would build what you're buying right now. You just don't want it. Right. It's like, you know, and I, you know, I, 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 people might think I'm being uh, overly dramatic about this, but these types of people, if they had their way, a lot of people would die. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, like, like that. Like a lot of people would be worse off and would the people who are barely holding on now would not be able to make it without like some type of government programs. I think for um, a lot of these yeah. people, if you were to really drill down on it, that's a feature, not a bug. I th- yeah, I, I th- yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you can call a doctor evil. Like that is like like genuinely, I, I'm not joking about this. I think dollar stores are one of the like miracles of hu- human achievement. Yes. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not joking. When well, because, I say that. because function, exactly. because function is a question of form for these people. Like it's their, uh, the right. aesthetic concern. I'm not saying a person shouldn't have aesthetic concerns. They should, but at a certain point, um, it's a thing's just got to do what it's supposed to do. Right. And, and, and I how mean, it I, looks like, is not really all that important. I don't know how anyone can read like iPencil, for example, 
and then like be like somewhat moved by how incredible the market is and then not view like dollar stores as one of the greatest achievements in human history. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, the pinnacle of human cooperation. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, well, exactly. I don't know. I don't know if I would go so far as to say dollar stores because I do believe in the paradox of cheap shit. The idea that it, that you will be poorer because you have to keep buying ten dollars shoes, and that's I mean, what makes I put, it hard to get ahead. But but compared to what though? Like yeah, the, compared the to not having them at all. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's yeah. So it, those people would not be poor. Uh, they, they're richer because I, I mean I mean sure if you're if you have the means to buy you know, higher quality goods, then sure, you know, maybe in, in the long run, just buying the cheaper goods on, on net is going to like make you poorer, but it, it's going to, but for that person who can't buy that, they're enriched by that. Yes. Well, their life is better than it would have been otherwise because yes, they have yes, shoes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. They, they are richer because of, of these cheap goods. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, I do think on net, when you have a society, this is my, I, what I think I think the line that Tucker is tugging on and um, being dragged into the wrong side of the river uh, on is that he is, I, I think, I think that paradox of cheap shit is true, but I think it has more to do with the fact that we have a society that is so based on debt. And this is not a function of the market. This is a function of the fed. This is a function of the fact that they bail out banks anytime they make a shitload of bad investments, they just come along mm-hmm. and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just wipe the slate for you. No problem. That's not the well, market at work. And, and so we have all these people who are in ridiculous amounts of debt and they're living paycheck to paycheck, even if they're actually making what used to be pretty good money. But upwards of 60% of people are living paycheck to paycheck and all they can afford is the $10 shoe, right? Well, that's going to hurt your wealth over time absolutely but but that's not a function of the market that's a function of the underlying economic system which isn't a market yes i i i will add though i i think that you know you you certainly see things like you know planned obsolescence and maybe you see more planned obsolescence now than you would in a genuinely true free market based on like you know uh just like the things you described um uh, but but I will say, you know, you, you we can talk about the person who, let's say, like buys an iPhone, new iPhone every year or something like that. Right. Oh, sure. Um, you know, we might say that, well, they're kind of wasting money because the old iPhone that they had last year, it was, it was basically just as good. They could have gone, you know, along just as fine with it instead of buying a new one. But, you know, uh, they felt that it was worth more than the money they had. That's why they traded it. Right. So even though we can say maybe this, they're going to have less money doing this. I don't think it's, and I'm being very pedantic here, and I know that, so uh, forgive me. Uh, but I think, you know, we can't say that they're poorer because of it, necessarily. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not really referring so much to that, though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so much referring to the idea of, like, Well, a, I was using that as an example. Like I'm a, just saying, like, like a pseudo-luxury yeah. expense like that. What I'm, what I'm more talking about is the person who doesn't have the money to buy even the 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 40 or 50 dollar pair of shoes that's going to last two Uh years they have to buy the dollar store shoe that's going to fall apart in six months because they don't have the money to spend on that over time that will degrade your wealth but the problem is that they don't have the initial capital to not have their wealth degraded and that's not the problem of the market 
No. The fact that people are having a hard time building wealth is not a problem of a free market at work. And this I see is stuff that's see that. based on the the government's yeah. interaction with the market. You in a in a purely free market, building wealth would be easier than it is now, especially if you're starting from yes. the bottom. And also, some people view that as like somewhat malicious. You know, the idea that well, yeah, there's these all these cheap shoes people can buy, but they're gonna but they're gonna break and they're not going to be that that great over time. It's like, uh, sure, but why would I expect the cheap version to last just as long as the more expensive version? Oh, you, you know? don't. Like, you don't. Nobody. Yeah, yeah nobody right. expects that. Right. It's, if that was the case, then it would just outcompete the expensive version. And that would be the norm, you know? Uh, right. Completely. But it's the problem. Yeah. It's the problem of being trapped at that level where it's like you can't get the capital together. Oh, to actively sure. and to a certain extent, some of these are the result of poor decisions, right? If you got somebody who's smoking a pack a day, but they're buying ten dollars shoes, well, yeah. stop smoking, bud. Maybe you can afford some better shoes. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. decision making involved as well. But yeah, and, and I, yeah, and, and those people a lot, a lot of times, you know, uh, given like the constraints in the market, a lot of those people can be trapped in many ways. Although I still want to say that you know, even if they are trapped, it's better that they have that stuff in their trapped oh, yes. state than not. No, right? yes, that, that, yes, that is totally undeniable. Yeah. It's better that they have the opportunity to have a shoe at all. Yes. Yeah. Right. No, I, I don't deny that at all. But I think the problems, the problems that I think that that are the underlying thread that Tucker's pulling on here aren't actually caused by any kind of quote unquote libertarian oh, yeah, economics. No. It's actually no, caused yeah. by the way the money works. You know what I mean? I, no, I, I completely agree. Although I, I still think even if we did have a free market in, in a libertarian sense, I think Tucker probably would hate it. <laughs> oh, sure. You know? Well, yeah, because yeah. you'd still have a dollar store. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, like it's, that's not the bad part. <laughs> yeah. And that's not the part that's going to go away if you do actually right. free the market. Yeah. It's like, like here's the thing, right? Uh, as I said before, if you have aesthetic preferences, like really strongly held aesthetic preferences, fine. Uh, but for me personally, I would rather live in a world where the free market is producing for pe- for homeless people 3D printed homes in two hours. And those people now, you know, have, uh, you know, some place now the free market has produced that for them. Uh, in some sense, people. Well, you know, what's really ugly is home. decaying bodies on the street. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty ugly. Right. So I think, you know, getting people out of the elements and into a 3D printed mud hut is a step up. You know, what's crazy, though, is that the the, the people who the real like right wing nationalist types, they'd be like, well, we just need a better welfare system. Right. Yeah. 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 They would rather have the like a, a welfare state than what they view as like ugly aesthetics uh for people who can actually like you know have their own home right well i think this is i think this is part of the trap that some that you see a lot of upper middle class people fall into when they do buy you know a thirty thousand dollar purse or Mm -hmm. a four hundred dollar cap a ball cap you know what i mean like i think i think they i think people fall into a trap where they think that the aesthetic quality of a thing um doesn't have to can be decoupled from its price point right where like the the bag is better because i spent thirty thousand dollars on it not because it's a better bag Mm -hmm. but because i spent that money the the aesthetics are tied to the expense 
Whereas, yes. whereas it's like it, brand, like big brands, like clothing brands. It's like, you know, uh, you can have like, you know, clothing that is nearly as good as that, but the brand has a certain uh, like upcharge. Uh, the fact that it is that brand and the fact sure. that it, you know, will value the aesthetic. Right. And the really like wealthy people, people who are actually wealthy, they don't spend their money on that shit. Right. That's not where their money goes. <laughs> like that's just not it's not what happens. So I, I don't know. I, I think that I think this is a very um I think it's kind of actually an upper middle class position that he's taking. Because it's not a rich guy's oh, position. Yes. A rich guy's happy to spend five dollars on a twenty pack of water guns for his kid's oh, birthday. Sure. Right. A, a really a wealthy man is happy to do that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where right. the upper middle class guys like, no, nah, they all got to be super soakers because it's, you know, can't right. look cheap. Well, no, yeah. you, you build wealth by being cheap. <laughs> I mean, that's how you do yeah. it. <laughs> like, I, I have very little in common type of person who is just like uh, who all their policy positions are driven by aesthetics. It's like, no, yeah. actually, you know what? I do like that there's a Hooters right on campus ground, uh, right in the <laughs> next to the church, actually. I think that's great. Oh, and there's a lot of crossover, too, with people who were just like, why is your church in an old pizza hut? It looks terrible. And it's like, because that's the building that they could build the church in and people go there to pray. Yeah. Like, that's, isn't that, like, what, what's the important, the important quality of this? Right. <laughs> Like, I'm I, like I don't I don't understand that perspective. I really don't. Because it's it just it, I don't know. It just it that bugs me. That really does bug me. Yeah. But I think it's coming from the same place as like this. What what Tucker said is this mm-hmm. idea that she's like yeah, but it's not pretty. It's like yeah, but people go there to pray and they feel connected to God there. So yeah, like fuck off. <laughs> 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 like nobody fucking cares how you feel about yeah, how the yeah. building looks <laughs> yeah tucker's like the guy named they don't know this is ugly and they're all dance like yeah <laughs> you know jesus i just uh yeah it, it's a, i think it's a disgusting perspective for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't and that's not to say there's nothing for form i i i enjoy artistic stuff i like artistic outlets creativity and beauty and all that other stuff yes i have a wonderful appreciation for aesthetic qualities and things it's one of the reasons i love the cars i love and stuff like that but but at a certain point at a certain level you can't afford pretty you just need works yeah yeah (laughs) and in certain areas you don't need pretty you just need works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, I don't know. A uh, hundred thousand years ago, uh, human beings were walking around. They're like, oh, we found a cave. It's like Tucker's ancestors were like, yeah, it's not pretty enough, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. As a bear is chasing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is the first the first wheel mankind ever made wasn't perfectly round. Yeah. But it worked. It was a wheel. And right. it, it helped yeah. them move things. And that's what yeah. matters. 
Yeah. You know, this strikes me as the type I've, I've seen people talk about, like, uh, people are like how, uh, you know, it's such a shame how, you know, all these people, uh, how sick we are as a society and how all these people are on medicine, how, like all these people are medicated and all these people have to take all this medicine to get by. It's like, yeah, OK, I'd rather they have that medicine than not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather they be have a that thing that's available. <laughs> yes. If you want to have, we can have arguments about over medicating people. We can have those arguments, sure. but it's not the the existence of the medication is a bad thing, right? That's right. a good thing. <laughs> it's good that it's I'll there. I always remember um, uh, one time uh, Bob Murphy was um, arguing against Vox Day, and um, they were having an economic uh, debate, and it was like a nationalist protectionist uh, from Vox Day's perspective versus you know Bob Murphy, who's an Austrian economist. And and Bob Murphy just had uh, like said this line in the debates like imagine that someone tomorrow dropped like five Ferraris off on off like in your driveway tomorrow for free would you be wealthier or poorer? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like obviously you'd be wealthier. So the idea that you know if you can be giving free if if things available to you for free make you wealthier, then you know things that are less expensive make you wealthier than things that are more expensive. If, uh, all things, other things being equal, you know. Yes. So it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, you know. It just, it, it's just a. It, for, and also uh, to your original point, where are these libertarian economics? Because I have yet to see them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't happening. Like, it's, I, I'm sorry. There's no. There's no fucking bank bailouts under a libertarian economic system. That doesn't happen. Right. You don't yeah. have the Fed constantly fucking with the interest rates. You don't have houses that are that were two hundred thousand dollars fucking five years ago, and now they're worth four hundred thousand dollars. You expect me to believe that? You don't have that yeah. in a libertarian economic you can't system. Build because of like zoning restrictions, you can't build new homes. Exactly. It's just like yeah, yeah. It's like mm, much libertarianism. Very cool. Thank you. <laughs> Ugh. And if his problem is crony capitalism, I agree. Sure. Me too. I, yeah, I think there's yeah. absolutely, I think there's absolutely cronyism and all this other stuff. Absolutely. I, it, I, the one thing I'd want to get through to people like leftists and conservatives like this are the last thing a corporation wants is to compete on a free market. Yes. It's the, they do not want that. They yep. would much rather have a captive market where their competition is regulated. Yes, it's especially the big them. ones. This is especially true for large, large firms. Large, yes, large firms, firms that yeah. already have a, a large portion of the market captured, they want to keep yes. that. Shot. Wow, crazy. Crazy yeah. how that happens. It's wild. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> um, speaking of large firms that have a large portion of the market captured, so are you familiar with the idea of a geofenced information request uh like a geofenced uh i don't know if they have to do it as a warrant but it's uh what it is that like within a specific area like they say give us information on these people in this area let's say you have a crime let's say you have a crime that was committed and you don't know who did it Mm -hmm. okay you know where it happened and you know when so you go to google Mm -hmm. and you tell google you say hey google I hope I didn't set off anybody's devices. You say that. And then you say, um, give me all the information on the people who were in this area in this window of time. 
Tell me who they were. What does Google do? Google says, um, <laughs> what? Uh, here you go. Yes, exactly. Google says, here you go. And all the people who are in that area, right? All those people, they get to run them and they get to see and they get to see if they can find a suspect among those people. All right. But all that information, if you were there, there's a chance they don't like you very much. And you're the guy they go after, right? It's, it's fishing. It's fishing for leads in a way that's not necessarily yeah. going to give you good information. Okay. So they, they do this, right? They, this is how this works. Well, Google, this has apparently happened so much that Google, and I, I really do believe that this is a decision that's motivated by the fact that it's too expensive to be able to reply to these requests. Google has decided that the timeline of, uh, of your movements, right, that, that they provide through their mapping service to you, that you can go to your account and see where you've been, um, that's moving on device. They're no longer going to be keeping that information. Mm, okay. I think they're, I think the way by, that it works by default is that now they keep that information for three months and then they get rid of it and it stays on your device, but they don't have it anymore. Mm, okay. They don't have access to it. Oren Kerr, who is a, a, a professor at Berkeley, a law professor at Berkeley, is upset by this development. <laughs> because it means that the government's actually going to have warrants, going to need to have a warrant for the phone if they want to know what the phone's location was on a given date. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. All right. Yep. Very bad. <laughs> seems very bad. Yes. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. terrible, right? The government yeah. actually has to have a warrant to get information about you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a no good, very bad development. Jesus. He says, uh, as I read this, Google will no longer keep geolocation data, even for the subset of users that turn on location history. The data will only be stored locally. Uh, geofence warrants are used when the government has no suspects to get some leads. So this will likely defeat that technique. Um, uh, my sense as an outsider is that from a public policy standpoint, that seems like a bummer. Geofencing has solved a bunch of really major cases that were otherwise totally cold. There are lots of ways of doing it, the legal process, including Google's warrant policy, although the, uh, that's just one way, that are a lot more privacy protective than ordinary warrants. But I can see why this might be in Google's business interests. If there isn't a lot of economic value to Google in keeping the data and having it means you need to get embroiled in privacy debates over, whether, over what you do with it, better for Google to drop it. Um, yes, better for Google to drop it. And here's the thing. Not only do they have to get embroiled in privacy debates about what are you doing with my data, Google? Why are you giving to the government all the goddamn time? Um, not only does that happen, but then they also don't have to pay to have a bunch of people on staff whose only job is complying with these requests. (laughs) They can go do other things. They can go do other shit. They don't have to spend their entire work day responding to government requests for people's location data. They can just say, right. we don't have it. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes it easier for them. <laughs> yeah. It makes perfect sense. Oh, and plus also, by the way, your location, right? Your location mm-hmm. is kind of an important thing. And maybe the government should have to have a warrant for that. Yeah. Just maybe. Ugh, maybe. 
<laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> the fact that the fact that people's response to the or the fact I guess Oren there were a couple other people who agreed with him, but the fact that it's just like oh this is going to make it harder for the police to do their job. They don't do their fucking job anyway. What is it like forty percent of violent crimes get solved? They don't fucking do their <laughs> job. What's the di- what difference is this going to make? Fucking nothing. Right. <laughs> that, <that's... laughs> but honestly, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a quote unquote good guy Google situation. I think they're doing it for economic reasons. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But I think it's a good thing. It's a good result. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. That this data is switching to being stored on your on your device locally, which, by the way, Apple was already right. doing. Like right, Apple, yep, Apple already yep. had this stored locally on device. Apple yep. could already not get this data. Like that was already the way. Right. That, the way that this is just Google catching up with the rest of the market. Yeah. <laughs> but that occurred, and I think that was a good thing. And or in fucking academics, man, legal academics. I. <sighs> He asked, he asked a question not long ago where he was like, what was your best professor in law school and why? And I wanted to respond to him and say, I had a lot of good professors. And the one thing they had in common was that they were all practicing attorneys. (laughs) That's what makes a good professor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, man, these, these uh, legal academics just don't get it (laughs) they really don't understand um anyway there was also this is another little legal thing there was um so do you remember a couple of years ago february 2021 there was the big winter storm that knocked out a good portion of the texas grid yes yep yep it was a big thing yes and all the complaints were that you know this is what happens when you deregulate your power industry and stuff. Do you remember that conversation happening? Yes. Well, uh, at around that time, ERCOT, uh, which is the organization that manages the power grid in Texas, ERCOT was, um, and this is a, this is a private corporation. It's, it's, they, I believe actually it's ERCOT of the stuff that ERCOT stands for Inc. They're incorporated. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but this, this is a, the company that does all that. They claimed, um, as a matter of of a in a in a legal suit, that they were um, immune from suit under sovereign immunity. ERCOT claims to be a government mm. body. Hmm. Okay. So it's like you deregulated that whole industry, except that this organization <laughs> that manages that whole industry claims to be a government agency. <laughs> <laughs> but uh there was a suit that was happening as a result of that freeze where um a bunch of people were suing the 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 power generators right and the way that it's done in texas is that by the statutory construction the the power generators okay can't be vertically integrated as retailers it's that you're a power generator the generator has to sell the power wholesale to a retailer and the retailer then sells to the end user that's okay, how that's it. how it has to function. You can't be vertically integrated as a power generator in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so people were suing the generator, right? People were suing the power generators and the wholesalers. And what the first court of appeals, the 
said in Texas is, um, you don't really have a case against them because you don't have a business relationship with them. You have a business relationship with your retailer, but not the wholesaler, Mm. not with the power generator. Right. So the power generator, we can't say that there's an affirmative legal duty for the power generator to provide you with power. You're not buying power from them. Which means that if, if, if ERCOT has, has immunity as a government agency, which is hilarious in itself. (laughs) And if the people have no, no case against the people who actually generate the power, that means their only recourse, then the only proper defendant for people whose uh, children die because the power grid goes down. The only people they can sue are the power retailer they were purchasing power from. And then the retailer has to turn around and maybe get indemnified by the wholesaler if, if it's actually the wholesaler's fault. That kind of thing, right? Like, like that's how that should work. But it's looking increasingly mm-hmm. like there's going to be a situation where the courts are just like, sorry, there's no proper defendant for you to sue. Ah, okay. If they can't sue their retailer, and here's the thing, they might not be able to do that by contract. There might be something in the contract with the retailer that says, hey, you don't get to sue us, huh? Um, that could be there. So there's, there's, a, there's a possibility that, that the way that this is going to break down is that there's no proper defendant <laughs> for people to sue oh when the God. power goes out and oh. somebody in their family dies. Oh, Oh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it can go down that way. I think there would be such a backlash. There there has to be some defendant. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing too is that the Supreme Court hasn't actually said that ERCOT has sovereign immunity. The way that that happened was mm-hmm. an, an appeals court in Dallas said that and then by the time the case had been appealed up to SCOTEX, the Supreme Court of Texas, by the time that case got appealed up to that level, the Supreme Court of Texas called it moot. The case was already, mm-hmm. like the underlying cause of action was already mooted. And so they said, okay, well, this is moot. We can't decide on this. They could have said, you know, but for the purposes of, of this, no, you don't have sovereign immunity, ERCOT. They didn't do that. They didn't comment on it at all. So there's an outstanding appeals court decision that says they do have sovereign immunity, but there's nothing backing it up yet. Okay. So it's possible that if the courts end up deciding, no, you can't sue the power generator and you can't sue your retailer, it's possible <laughs> the Supreme Court of Texas just says, okay, well then you can sue ERCOT. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to have someone to sue in that situation. You can't just have uh-huh. you can't just have no suit there. Like you can't have no cause right. of action. Your power you're paying for power. Your power went out. Somebody died as a result. You have to have a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to be holding the bag. They're like, no, uh, not me. Immunity. You can't you can't sue me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially not ERCOT. But the thing is, there's all this all this bluster about the deregulation and stuff. And then as soon as as soon as it looks like there might be liability, ERCOT's like, no, 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 we're a government organization. What are you talking about? Uh-huh, we're not uh-huh, a private yeah, entity. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the things. Um, you know how the you know how like the. Uh, uh, the the president of a small or mid-sized business might have a sign on his desk that says the buck stops here. You know what I mean? 
uh-huh. like one of these guys uh-huh. who uh, I was I was trying to I was going to make a sign that says the buck stops when we decide we're a government agency, but I wasn't sure who to send it uh-huh. to because they've turned over CEOs three times since the freeze. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that happened. I just that was a that was an update that Lady Jane found yesterday that I thought was very interesting. That this is like at this level when you're operating at this level, this is how fucked the legal system is. Is that the <laughs> the state of Texas claims that we we deregulated this thing, and then come to find out it's like oh there's a whole fucking bullshit bureaucracy involved, and you don't have to like you can't just apply your regular common law causes of action here because statute and regulations have gotten in the way of that. Mm, okay, yeah. It's like, yeah, we deregulated it. No, you fucking didn't. You didn't deregulate yeah, shit. Uh-huh. Right, right. Deregulation <laughs> in game only. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, I thought, that was a, I thought that was an interesting occurrence. And then, um... There was one more thing I wanted to talk about, and I thought this was odd. The Israel thing seems to be um, out of the news now. Like I have been out of the news as well, so I, I actually didn't know about that. Uh, well, it, like it seems like nobody really cares anymore. And, and there are still updates, mm. right, on the whole thing that are, you know, played on network news and stuff like that. But it seems like everyone's kind of disinterested at this point. Um, oh, okay. Which is understandable. I mean, you can't... The way the news works is you can't have um, a story, no matter how much it matters, it's not going to maintain viewership over mm-hmm. a certain period of time. Um, and so people are just going to get upset about, you know, how a bunch of university presidents said, uh, yeah, no, people are allowed to protest on campus, and the conservatives are like, no, they're not! And, and yeah just stacks of bullshit uh-huh. like that. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the, um, I haven't really seen it being covered as much outside of antiwar.com, Scott Horton, you know, the, the normal people who cover that kind of thing. I think people don't care anymore. Does that make sense? Uh, do you think they don't care because they like, uh, they just got burnt out from it? Or do you think that a part of it is also, do you think a part of it could also, given the backlash, like Israel has faced on a PR front that they're kind of like quieting it down a little bit, maybe, um, maybe a little bit of both, maybe a little bit of both. I think mostly though, it's, it's probably just the public not caring anymore. Mm. It's probably just the public being burnt out on it. Nobody gives a shit. Like it's the kind of thing where if some, if something had been done while there was such intense backlash, it would have mattered. But it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, where when everybody was outraged about it, all anybody did was say, oh, yeah, isn't that terrible? Um, we're still going to sell them weapons and stuff, though. Like, that's just the way that it went uh-huh. down. And then at a certain point, everybody's just like, OK, fuck it, whatever. What's the next news thing? OK. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. But no, what I happens. think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, the public moves on. But I think the I think what's what happens as a result of that though is I think I dude the way that I've seen a little bit of um I've seen a couple of updates that have said that like Israel's spreading the bombing further south. 
and and some of the trial balloons that have been floated by um Israeli officials talking about like look you guys take the Gazans if you guys care so much you guys take them all this other stuff I think if if the if the public really is beyond caring at this point and there's really no like nobody's nobody gives a shit they might go for all of Gaza they might not stop uh, at the north right they might yeah I mean I, I if they think that no one cares anymore and then you know the the media is kind of being silent uh, on the whole thing yeah I, I, I might give more of a you know um more of a boost in doing what they really want to do probably right it turns into a ukraine situation where it's like nobody really cares what's happening in ukraine it's just an undercurrent of the news cycle right. you might see a story every now and then but nobody really gives a shit if that's what happens you might just see i'm thinking israel might uh the, uh, the Likud, nixon and and netanyahu might just decide if it's if the cycle's quiet down and no one really cares what we're doing anymore, we can just do Gaza. Like we don't even have to stop it at the north. We can just take all of it. Yeah. Which they want to do. I, I, be, I mean, I this is not surprised. questionable. Yeah. yeah. So I've been I've been concerned about that. I was I was listening to a little bit of coverage of it recently, and I'm sitting here like this this is gone. Nobody's talking mm-hmm. about this anymore. So it's it seems to me that um, that they might have just waited out the storm, and and now they can they're free to do whatever they want because the eyes of the world are no longer interested. They're doing other things, and Christmas is coming up, and who cares? Yeah, yeah. I I mean yeah. I mean that's kind of like you know what happened in uh, in Afghanistan and in Iraq. You know, people just kind of stopped caring at a certain point, and yeah. you know they. Uh, you know, all these untold horrors happened and no one knew about them or care. And it wasn't covered on the news, of course, you know, obviously. Uh, and yeah, that's, that is unfortunately what happens. Yeah. Uh, well, it's why the Obama administration never had to answer for having boots on the ground in Syria when they promised they wouldn't. Right. Like, right, they never exactly. had to answer no for it because nobody gave a fuck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of seems like that's what's happening there. So this is going to be, I think you might have a stealth over the sort of course of the holidays. I, I think you might have a stealth redrawing of the lines on the map there. Mm. Into next yeah, year. I, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Because I, w- I was already convinced they weren't going to give back the North. Oh, no. Yeah. They're rubbleizing the North so they can take it. Mm-hmm. But but the I didn't think they would go so far as to take the South. But with the way that they're talking and the trial balloons that they've been floating from officials and stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. no, they might do it. If they think they can get away with it. They might just wipe Gaza off the map. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very real possibility. I yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. In any case, that's all I had. Did you have anything else, man? Uh, no, not really. Apparently, returned the king twenty years old, and I feel old now. Oh no. Yeah. I saw that movie in theaters. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Shit. It doesn't feel that old. The effects stand up. Like, have you watched those movies recently? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the, they're, yeah, they still stand up. Yeah. They look really, really, really good, even today. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder. I, I mean, uh, uh, Gollum, uh, like, they did that in 2002, dude. <laughs> it looks incredible. It yeah. still looks really, really, really. It looks better than a yeah. lot of the shit that Marvel pumps out. 
Oh yeah. Even today, like it looks better than a lot yeah. of the stuff Marvel does. Oh yeah. Man, why'd you have to tell me that? I feel I know. <laughs> I, feel, uh, well, see, I saw it when I was just scrolling for a second. I saw it, and then I was in pain, and then I had to spread it. Right. <laughs> uh, and now the listeners know will know about it too. And I had to, it, it's a way to diffuse it. It's like if I'm going to feel sad, you guys all have to feel sad too. So uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas, you bricks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's those movies are still good though. Go watch Lord of the Rings. Oh, Go yeah. watch Lord of the Rings. It, yeah. Yeah, it, I think they're the best trilogy ever made. Oh yeah. Oh, hold on now. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> the Star I Wars, the am, original Star Wars trilogy, I think. I don't know. I don't think they I don't I think they clear the, it. I think they're close. Yeah, I am the biggest Star Wars fan, uh, and I still think uh, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy is probably the most cohesive, uh, well-made trilogy. Yeah, but I do agree, it's close. Yeah, yeah. But the the I was watching actually, I was I was watching a uh, one of these like <clears throat> YouTube video essays and stuff about the the development of the Last Jedi and and what mm-hmm. what sort of happened while that movie was in production. Hmm. Disney should never have made that sequel trilogy. No. They should never have done it. No. They should not have done it. <laughs> <laughs> like they they should have they okay, I'll put they should have done it differently. Because yes. the 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 way that they approached that was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Anyway, that's okay. All the, the only Star Wars that exists is the original trilogy and the scenes from the prequels that I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only Star Wars that exists. <laughs> I, I, I asked you a while back, have you watched Andor? Uh, I've not. No, I haven't watched any watch, of the Disney watch, Plus stuff. Watch like, Andor. The, watch Andor. I watched the first couple of seasons of Mandalorian, and that's pretty much okay, all watch, the Disney watch Plus Andor. I will, I will watch it. You you need to watch Andor. It's it's legitimately great. I'm still like I will not say just this. great. It's not just great for like a, a Star Wars show. It, it's legitimately great. I will say that I'm a little miffed about Andor in in part, but also the whole Rogue One thing because. It's sort of emblematic of them really not caring about the Legends universe. Because that was supposed to be I mean, Kyle Katarn, you know what I mean? Like, that was... Yeah, but, yeah, I, I get that. But the, that was also out a long before, long before Rogue One. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that had been, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's but an yeah. old story. It is an old story. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just liked, you know, maybe if... if maybe if Andor's name was Kyle. Like... <laughs> Maybe if he was named Katarn, like, like just, mm-hmm. you don't have to tell the same story, but don't like, you don't, mm-hmm. you also don't have to throw out everything that kept the, the star Wars fandom alive through the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like you don't have to do that. I, I, I really do think that people would have been way more receptive to it. If they had just cribbed names from the legends universe. <laughs> Uh-huh. I really do think that I, if they had just cribbed names from the Legends universe and used that to name people in the in the 
sequel trilogy and stuff, I really think that that mm-hmm. would have gone a long way to make people more receptive to that stuff. I, I think you wouldn't have had people be so against it. Mm-hmm. Just throw out that kind of that sort of you know peace offering to the fans of the what Star Wars was in the 1990s of the multimedia sort of IP that it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will give Andor a shot. Yes, at some point I do yeah. not know I don't want to make any promises on when, but I will. Um, tonight. Right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, that's me tonight. Um. Uh. Okay. Was it, did you have anything else? Was there nope, anything else that was all I had. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's get to plugs. you have anything to plug? Uh, nope, I'm actually t- taking a hiatus on everything, so uh, no plugs this time. All right. Uh, Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A on Twitter. Uh, PacingJoska.BlueSky.Social and the show, T-E-T-C.Show on Blue Sky and T-E-T-C.Show on Twitter. And that is, uh, that's it. Thanks so much. Later, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.